To the Ether, today is Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Osmosis, updates from the lab. Let's take a listen. All right, Sonny, you want to kick off with updates? Yeah. Hey, everyone. Um, nice to have you guys all here. So, yeah, uh, biggest, uh, most sort of uh, important thing upcoming is the, the V13 upgrade. Uh, it should be, you know, I meant, you know, it was supposed to happen, go on chain last week, but, uh, it had, uh, some, we, we wanted to do a little bit more testing with the front end. Uh, you know, the chain side was ready last week, but there's some stuff we want to, you know, we want to make sure that the front end is fully working and hooked up to the test net and people are like, you know, go through the QA process and stuff before we, uh, push it on chain. So. Uh, the plan is to get the proposal up on chain uh, this week, and then upgrade will be uh, targeting for Monday of next week. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that, and everyone who helped make, you know, contributed to uh, making this possible. Um, some of the big updates that are happening, you know, the biggest one I'm sure everyone's aware is uh, stable swaps are coming, uh, which is timely with our guests this week. Um, but so we'll be able. So stable swaps for, uh, you know, just for some context, for those who might not be familiar, uh, they're the they're a AMM that uses a slightly different curve than like the tradition, you know, most, we use the balance, the most of the Osmosis AMMs today uh, use the balancer uh, or, you know, Uniswap style curve, which is the X times Y equals K curve. But th- there are, and this, these, this curve is pretty good for, you know, volatile assets but when you have two assets that are pretty correlated with each other such as two stable coins or you know a token and its staking derivative so let's say atom and st atom for example um you know there's more capital efficient curves that you can use to um to for, for the amm and so that way you can get much lower price slippage between them uh with the same amount of capital in the pools and you know uh one thing i'm sure everyone everyone cares about is like you know when we have more capital efficiency that all that means we can be spending less in incentives so that's kind of also why you know why why things like stable swaps and concentrated liquidity are so important because you know it, it leads to this capital efficiency um and so yeah we'll you know there'll be i'm sure will be a number of stable swap pools um you you know with different stable coins a lot of stable coins in the cosmos ecosystem uh launching right now um but some other cool stuff that's also happening with uh the v13 upgrade there's one which is uh one feature that we're actually really excited about is uh ibc rate limits so ibc so i think i've talked about this before about the rate limiting that axlar has right now which is 
you can, you know, on USDC, for example, you can only transfer a maximum of $5 million of USDC in a six hour period. Uh, and then that otherwise it triggers a circuit breaker. And this is really good because, you know, in case there's a bug or a hack or something, it kind of helps cap the amount of losses or like, you know, assets that can be taken away from, from, from the pool um, over the bridge. And so this is really cool that this exists on Axlar. Uh, but so we've been taking this idea as well and implementing it as a piece of IBC middleware. So that way we can do this with uh, between Cosmos chains as well. So, you know, we can say, hey, let's say the IBC channel between uh, Atom and Osmosis, we can say like, hey, we only want a maximum of like 20% of this channel's TVL to be transferable every 12 hours. And so that way, you know, we, we can, if there's any bug or anything like that, the, the, the losses can be capped at least. Um, so yeah, that's something that we're pretty excited about. There's a, you know, the, when we doing the upgrade, it's not going to be activated. It will, you know, the code will be there, but it will require some governance proposals for it to actually, uh, you know, go into effect because there's a lot of decisions that have to be made by governance when it comes to the parameterization of this uh rate limiting so you know and it, it, i i imagine we're probably we probably wouldn't even use it for like every single ibc channel with every new chain that launches it would probably be mostly for the like major channels that have like you know the lion's share of tvl so things like adam and juno axlar at most, etc. Um, so yeah, those are sort of I, I would say like the two biggest features that are part of the V13 upgrade. There's a bunch of other smaller things, such as like um, you know we upgraded to WasmD V29. Uh, that that comes with a cool, nice little feature, which is it allows so you you know Osmosis is uh, permissioned contracting. It kind of allows for you know you have to make governance proposal every time you want to upload a contract but you know a lot of the dapps uh consist of many contracts right so you know we had things like apollo who had to like upload two contracts or band had to upload two contracts but some of the even more uh complex pro projects launching like mars's lending platform like consists of i think like eight or 10, somewhere between eight to 10 contracts. And so having to make a new governance proposal every time, uh, having to make eight governance proposals to like deploy the Mars contracts would be kind of uh, silly. So what we, what the new, what, what WASMD supports is the ability to give some addresses the ability to upload contracts without uh, going through governance. So that way, basically Mars can make a governance proposal saying, hey, this is our dev team's address. We'd like to request governance to, to allow this address to be able to upload contracts. And so that way we don't have to, you know, we can just use one governance proposal instead of having to go through like eight to 10. And this also is useful because it gives the dev teams of um, a lot of these dApps built on top of Osmosis the ability to like, you know, upload code, upload new versions of their contract uh, that can't, you know, in case there's any bug fixes or anything like that that's needed without having to go through governance every single time. Because it will get a bit, you know, 
Osmosis is like, you know, more permission contracting. We want to make sure we limit what types of dApps uh, get uploaded to the Osmosis chain, but it would probably be a bit of governance overload to have to uh, verify every single upgrade of every of every single one of these dApps. Um, so yeah, that, that's uh, one another cool thing that's coming in the V13 upgrade. Um, yeah, I think those are the main main uh, chain side stuff. Uh, some other cool stuff that you know uh, we I there's the you know I know a lot of people uh, there's been some concerns around the new front end uh, uh, Osmosis front end deployment that happened two weeks ago so the concerns have definitely been heard and uh, we are working very hard to uh, fix them while also making sure the front end's ready for the for the stable swap deployment uh, next week so but yeah we you know hopefully. A lot of the performance issues have been uh, made better. It's still still quite a bit of improvement left to go, but uh, yeah, there were some weird caching issues that were happening, and those have been, I believe, resolved now. So hopefully, the front end should be opening up a little bit faster now. And a lot of like the UI new UX changes. Some of them were pretty experimental, like you know this modal for token selection and stuff. But you know we've heard y'all's feedback, and we're, we're working on fixing uh, improving the UI uh, right now. Oh, Saki, you want to say something? Uh, oh. No, I was just getting ready. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so, I mean, other stuff uh, coming down the pipeline. Uh, the constraint liquidity is still coming along. There's a public uh, GitHub tracking issue that you can use to follow along real time, um, as well as the Skip team has informed us that the pro uh, pro they gave us a demo of the proto-rev module that they'd been working on. So this is the on-chain Arbor. And so that they're pretty confident that they'll have something ready for that, hopefully by end of year. Um, so yeah, looking forward to those new functionalities. Uh, speaking of Skip, we also posted this uh, proposal. Me and Dave posted a proposal on Commonwealth. Um, it's more, you know, it's not nowhere ready to go on chain or anything right now, but it's just this uh, proposal for how Osmosis should think about off-chain MEV capture systems, especially given that, like you know, so a lot of the Osmosis um, you know vision is based around this like MEV mitigation of bad MEV and like internalization of good MEV. Uh, we kind of have this kind of make but this has sort of just been something that's come from the you know an idea from the dev team and we want to make sure that like governance of the chain is aligned with this and uh so yeah this proposal is just to like try to gauge the sen sen sentiment of the community and make sure that like this vision of how to treat mev is in line with what uh the majority of the community uh wants as well so yeah check that out it's on it's on commonwealth and should i uh Mm -hmm. Can I uh, give a comment about the proposal, though? Yes. Which is, I do think I'll 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 write this up in the in the in the Commonwealth at, uh, as when I get a chance. Um, but it's like it does seem to like discount the like the uh, cross domain MEV case like entirely. Um, like the value of um, of being able to have a system by which like someone can be like. I would like to be able to like sell this asset on Crescent and buy this asset on Osmosis um, 
uh, because I think the prices are, are are currently out of sync. And but I would it's like valuable to me to be able to like you know have like a synchrony guarantee around those actions. Um, uh, and I feel like I feel like the the osmosis the like MEV discussion on osmosis seems to like co- completely discount this as like a, as like an interesting or useful case. I think it is interesting. I'm not con- I'm not convinced it is that important. Um, you know, cross you know cent- cent- on centralized exchanges, you have many people who are prices on centralized exchanges with each other, but you don't have like cross exchange atomicity on centralized exchanges. So it's not like it's like this absolute requirement for it to for this like cross domain MEV for arbitrage to happen. All you need is you know arbors just need to hold assets on both sides on on multiple chains and have like pools of capital. I, I, I'm not suggesting the capital movement thing. I'm just just say, suggesting being able to say like on the next block I sell you know I sell IST on Crescent and on the next block on Osmosis I buy uh, 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 IST on Osmo. Um, just because like, you know, being able to like do these things in a, in a tightly synchronized way allows me to minimize my like overall exposure to price fluctuations on the arm. But like, so let's say, so normally what happens is people treat, take one exchange and treat it as like the primary market for an asset. And then you arb secondary market against the primary market. So like, what's a such like? Why do you need to buy on Osmosis and sell on Crescent instead of just selling on Crescent or just buying on Osmosis? Or like, what what's a situation where you wanted them both to happen atomically and having them non-atomic is actually ruining your ARB? In a situation where the primary market is not a blockchain. Right, but in that case, you're like, why are you like, okay, then you're just trying to ARB two DEXs against some let's say a price oracle why does like making sure you win both of those arbs once again why do you actually care that they're atomic rather than wouldn't you be happy winning one of the arbs even if you don't win both of them um this is a good question um like i think being able to like reliably uh see the arb and win them all provides you like uh uh like uh, just increase in like increases the capital efficiency and sort of improves the economics of everyone who's arbing dexes and so it's like the the eco the benefits don't accrue specifically to osmosis but they accrue across the entire cosmos dex ecosystem where cosmos dex ecosystems are like more tightly synchronized against centralized exchange prices mm-hmm yeah, I mean, so I mean, this is kind of what one one of the things that we're like in very early like exploratory stages with uh, the Skip team as well is like you know how so the goal our, our vision is that like all all Cosmos chains will have some sort of in protocol top of the block auction where they sell off the first spot in a block. Now, any sort of cross domain auction would need to have buy in 
from the individual chains themselves. And so there's a lot of open questions there around like how do revenue splits work between the two? Let's say you're, let's say you're arbing uh, crescent to osmosis prices and you want to win the top of the block auction in both of them. Well, how does the pricing, you know, how does the revenue split from that auction go between osmosis and crescent? Is it a 50, 50 one? Is it based off of, you know, the liquidity that's being armed on both of them. There's like a lot of questions there that I think have to be solved. And so I think this is something the skip team is like, you know, definitely probably part of their like long-term plans after they build the sort of single chain auctions. It is interesting, you know, the original sort of idea of, independent zones all asynchronously communicating is sort of fundamental to the nature of networks. And so anything where you want actual synchronous action is or something that, that, that approximates it, which this kind of approximates it, you either pay in latency or you pay in some other kind of coordination, like 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 you said, Sonny, where it's just there's got to be an agreement between osmosis and crescent in order to enable this. And Otherwise, trying to impose more synchronous action should cost astonishingly more than than just getting one auction, right? You, you win one auction, that's great. But when someone can see you're trying to win three because you need coordinated action, and we, we've seen that economics have, has looked at that over, over you know, several hundred years as to how people have come up to do that. And it costs more. And it's appropriate that it costs more because coordination is expensive. And so it'll be interesting to see what that evolution looks like. But but as you say, I would any scenario where you'd like synchronicity, it's worth doing a lot of work to figure out how to do it without synchronicity because synchronicity is expensive. Yeah, I think the biggest use case I've seen so far for when you want synchronous um, composability is mostly for when you're doing a leverage loop. So if you are trying to like, take on you know lever up on an asset like that's probably the biggest reason so you want to borrow you know deposit osmo as collateral borrow dollars use it to buy more osmo do it as collateral again and when you do that leverage loop mostly because if it's not synchronous there's like opportunities for like front running there and so that's sort of why the mars design is as is using this outpost system so that way it even though the mars hub is its own is on its own chain, their outposts on os like on osmosis allows for these like synchronous atomic leverage loops. Cool. Can we move on to IST soon? Yes, I um, think it's time. <laughs> yeah. Are we see I see I have one person, Jimmy, from the audience. Maybe we uh, Jimmy, can you hold off till after uh, yeah, let's wait. questions at the end? Thanks. Dean, you want to kick it off with uh, IST? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so IST, as people know, interstable token uh, or interprotocol. This is you know stable token implemented on Agoric um, to really focus on being a stable token across uh, the interchain ecosystem, across all the different Cosmos chains. Um, the the uh, and and this is. Uh, there's a bunch of important wrinkles, some of which we'll get into, some of which Zucky will get into. Um, but what we launched is we focused on um, tying to stable assets first so that you get uh, um, strong parity with, uh, with a dollar. 
without the fractionating of liquidity and the multiple different sources of assets and so forth that we were starting to see in the Cosmos ecosystem, where there were you know multiple sources of USDC, multiple different sources of USDT, there was going to be DAI coming over, there was going to be local USDC, and pretty soon a consumer trying to come in and do something is you know has you know doesn't know what to spend, and every chain ends up having to support you know well starting at five and rolling up to twenty some odd different things all of which are trying to be a stable token and 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 IST and uh, rolls that up and so we start by with the parity stability module that launches where um, you can bring um, existing a uh, high quality stable tokens you know USDC USDT in bounded amounts over multiple different bridges gravity and axelar and then and and eventually uh, other bridges going forward um, to uh, over to Agoric, mint IST against it, and then bring IST to all the different uh, chains in the Cosmos ecosystem, where it's basically providing this aggregation function across all these underlying um, uh, 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 dollar-denominated uh, stable tokens. That's the first release, and it gives us strong parity with the dollar out the door. So there's now $860,000 in... Um, uh, in IST in circulation, much of which, uh, like 95% of it is on external chains like Osmosis. Um, and, um, and, uh, and there is an econ committee that launched to, you know, that is not a work that involves, you know, economic experts, currency experts, um, you know, folks that have worked on, on, on uh, Cosmos ecosystem uh, previously, all that sort of thing, um, that is monitoring the risk limits, uh, managing or the minting limits, um, looking at uh, at questions like um, when to add DAI, um, and at, and once we roll out um, vaults and other mechanisms, they'll be looking at collateralization ratios and capitalization ratios and that sort of thing. So they are an independent committee that get that that manages the parameters in cooperation with the builder DAO, the staked build tokens, voting on what new implementations to deploy um, uh, out to the ecosystem. And so right now, the Econ Committee is working on um, the appropriate minting limits for DAI, possibly adjusting the USDT limits and metrics for uh, uh, future vaults for the, the, the planning of vault uh, um, you know, liquidation and rollout. So that's kind of the, the the quick summary. I'm sure there's a lot of things I missed there. For people, I guess, how big is, how much, how unfamiliar is the audience with IST? We should lay a little more groundwork. Yeah, I would say the audience is probably like uh, adequately familiar, but not you know in depth. Okay. Um, and I also don't recall you being this fast of a speaker in person, but <laughs> <laughs> I will slow uh, down. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, yeah, I think we should hit some generic questions. Like, um, as far as adoption goes, how would you compare IST with how UST was adopted or USK is uh, attempting to, and other centralized stables? Well, okay. I mean the the Go ahead, Zucky. And Dean, I'm happy to jump in here too. Uh, so this is Roland. Uh, I, I think it, from an adoption standpoint, I think what we are seeing is, is largely what we expected to see on the rollout of IST. Um, the, the PSM-based minting, it, it, when, you, when you think about a vault-based minting mechanism, there's a reason for a, a minter to come in and do that activity independent of any sort of 
trading or, or incentives that they might see on any other chain. With a PSM, that is sort of less interesting to a user. And so what we've seen is that a, a largely uh, the activity has been driven by pools that have been created, uh, incentives that have been put on external chains. And that's largely what we expected to see during this, this um, PSM phase. And so the, the current total minting limit for IST is set at 5 million, which is, is likely, and again, we can't speak for the econ committee, but it's likely to stay there for uh, the period of time where we're relying on bridges, relying on centralized stable coins, just to sort of limit the overall total risk to the system. And we're sort of roughly at, you know, we, we were at about a million minted recently, it's down to 8, 860. Um, and so we're sort of in the 20-ish percent of that minting limit. As we see IST expand other other chains in Cosmos, um, you know that that feels like that's right on target, right? We don't we don't want to get to a point where you know there's suddenly UMI allows IST as as a, a, a supply token and we hit the minting limit because that that'll drive uh, IST to break peg, and that's that's really what we don't want. Right. And this phase is get it pervasive, get it out there, get it on all the chains, get it to be available, get it to be stable and robust so people can count on it. Um, and then we roll out additional mechanisms uh, uh, going forward. Can you explain? Think, oh, go ahead, Zach. Yeah, like one big piece that I think always gets lost in the IST narrative, though, is like, what is the overall, uh, what is the overall vision of IST? Um, and uh, so, you know, you, you've, you've talked about um, uh, like, you know, other coins um, and, you know, I think they, they each stable coin in the Cosmos ecosystem definitely has kind of its own unique vision about like what it is priority, what it is prioritizing. The two, the goal, sort of the thing that is important to understand about uh, uh, IST is IST is the first application of like the entire Agoric smart contract stack. Um, so you have this like whole system for using, uh, for like building smart contracts in JavaScript, composing them safely, uh, using object capabilities. Um, like one of the things that's really cool is like the PSM is literally 150 lines of code. Um, it, and so all of these things are designed as, as like uh, the big sort of, big piece of the IST vision is IST is designed to be become the stablecoin, which has the most ways to mint the stablecoin that compose the most ways of which the PSM is the first one. And if you look at the challenges that like uh, other stablecoins have faced from Maker onwards, the most complex things that they have to deal with is every single time you introduce a new minting mechanism, you have these complex interdependencies uh, between the different subsystems of the of, of the coin, um, of how the coin gets created, you know, and the peg is maintained. Uh, the idea of you know, there's both economic interdependency and software interdependency of these things, and the whole vision of use of basing a stablecoin in the Agoric smart contract system is a vision of we can really use the Agoric platform to reduce this, the scope of the software independencies so that the economic, so like the community and the economic committee only primarily has to reason about the economic consequences of introducing a new minting mechanism. And this is why we're, it's sort of like the sort of, the vision of IST is to have, is to be the stable coin in the entire blockchain ecosystem 
that there are the most possible ways of producing it, um, and therefore the total supply and therefore the amount of adoption that is possible is the largest. So all three of you have mentioned the PSM parity stability module. Um, can you guys, one of you, uh, more clearly elaborate on this? And then also one of the biggest concerns that general uh, retail or community members would be uh, wondering on would be, how is this different from UST and you know how is this not going to be another UST? Sure. So the parity stability module is a module that allows bringing um, uh, specific uh, other stable tokens uh, like like USDT and USDC um, over to mint IST against them. So it's basically I can sell my USDC and get IST instead. And and it's not just I can sell my USDC. I can sell my USDC I brought over Gravity versus my USDC that I brought over Axelar, right? And then I can get I, the same IST for either of those. So I've consolidated, I've refungibilized, or whatever you know term people use, but I've consolidated all the different chunks of liquidity into a symbol, sim, single stable token that I can then use on, uh, on other chains. Now, in, in the current phase where it's building up access and availability on IST on all of those chains, you know, that just looks like there's additional curves with IST. But but once you start seeing people being able to do purchases or contracts that are settling in IST, now they can settle in IST, you get your IST, and then you can convert it back through the PSM by selling your IST for USDC that you'll bring over Axelar or, or, or USDT that you'll bring over Gravity or whatever it is. And so, so it, it enables backing from existing, um, uh, uh, you know, solvent, robust, stable tokens into ISTs, you can consolidate the multiple different sources. Now, that's just the first step where we get strong parity with the dollar because we start with the mechanisms that will make it easy to arb and 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 tie the value of IST back to a dollar. The next step is Vault, which is the you know MakerDAO style CDP, where I'll be able to bring tokens like Atom over that have that are valuable assets in the in, in the Cosmos ecosystem, but volatile price. So I can bring two hundred dollars of Atom over and mint hundred dollars of IST, take it over to another chain, and now I'm spending the same IST that I would have gotten with USDC. From the point of view of the vendor, they don't care whether you minted it based on, you know, Atom, Gold, USDC, whatever, right? You know, whatever mechanism it was minted by, it's the same IST, and you can use it in all the in in all the ways you would use a normal stable token. Um, and so that's really, you know, the, the mechanism Zucky was talking about is, or rather, the the composability Zucky was talking about is that it is straightforward to add new mechanisms like CDPs and have it fit into this overall risk managed solvent framework for IST so that you know people can deploy systems that rely on IST and they just get to 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 participate in this in this ecosystem um, as it as it grows and as more mechanisms, more sound, coherent, economically stable mechanisms are rolled out. So with you or yeah. was that rolling? Yeah, you want to that, yeah, it was it was rolling. And, and just to touch on the second part of the question, which is how will it be different than UST? <laughs> I think really that that that's sort of that last piece, right? Is you know the the challenge that UST had was it was backed by a speculative asset and it didn't have a method to automatically shrink supply as its backing declined in value. 
you know, and that's sort of a, a very rough high level generalization, but that, that's really the challenge it had. And that made it prone to the death spiral that we saw. And as UST was rising, you know, it, its ability to grow supply so quickly was also driven by that same mechanism. So, you know, we'll, we'll see IST grow at sort of a much more gradual pace is sort of my expectation. Um, but it also means that because the vaults have a strong liquidation mechanism, they are able to shrink the IST supply as the, the surrounding crypto market declines. And that's really, you know, when, when you look at these stable coins or stable tokens that are driven by by software, the, the specific mechanisms that drive their supply are really important. And USTs was fundamentally different if you looked at it sort of at, at a close level. And, you know, from our standpoint, we see very few parallels, if any, between IST and UST, aside from the fact that we're just one letter apart, which is an unfortunate <laughs> thing that we didn't realize actually at the time. Um, so, so, you know, I think from our standpoint, if if there are challenges with IT, I think there will be of a different fundamental nature than what UST saw. Um, and, and, you know, it, just to add to that, to, to Dean's description of the PSM, one of the things that we we don't really talk about because it, it's a little less visible to most users is what the other important thing that launched with IST with this PSM version is the governance mechanisms. And so we talked about the economic committee. Um, they have direct control through a vote of their members to change um, uh, minting limits, to change other risk related parameters in the system. And that will expand. They, they will get expanded control when vaults launch. Um, but all of that plumbing are, are sort of additional contracts that are running on the Agoric uh, chain that all work and, and have been tested sort of thoroughly in this, this PSM phase. Uh, so that's been really excellent to see. And, and so that really reduces risk for the vaults launch quite a bit because we, we've seen that all that um, all that plumbing works well. Um, with so I know uh, there's currently already an IST Osmo pool on Osmosis, um, but with stable swaps launching on Osmosis next week, what are some of the stable swap pools that you guys are interested in seeing IST be a part of? <laughs> well, I'll jump in on that. I mean, clearly we want it. We want stable swap versus uh, the various sources of USDC and USDT. You know, those all provide strong uh, 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 pegs to dollar value um, and die as it comes over. Strong pegs to dollar value and and sort of offset the. You can bring it over, trade one for one on uh, the Agoric chain. Um, or you can uh, uh, use it through the stable swap and get some yield. These provide different, you know, different sources of liquidity that provides sort of the initial plumbing for fast ARB in the future, um, and uh, and you know, and 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 drives you know more deployment and adoption of IST. So that's sort of my my first desire. Um, I think separate pools with um, stable tokens that are not strongly pegged to a dollar will also be useful but i expect those to have much you know still fit within the stable swap paradigm but 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 have much much bigger spreads as you know as as these um systems that don't have a, a, a strong are back to a dollar they don't have a strong pegging mechanism um work did we just lose zucky is he coming back 
Yeah, I think that's that's and I think the the inter team, which includes largely the econ committee, is is pretty interested in in thinking through where where we want to see stable swaps. Um, you know, the the challenge that Dean is alluding to is if you don't have a PSM or something like it at least based on systems that we've seen out in the wild, it's hard to maintain a tight peg. And so being in a stable swap with a token that potentially is more soft pegged may be challenging. Um, maybe maybe it really isn't. Uh, I, I think we're interested in, in sort of seeing a little more research on that. And I think in particular, the Econ Committee and DCF uh, who would be making those decisions are, are interested in that. Um, you know, from our standpoint, we really want IST to be connected with other core chains in the Cosmos ecosystem, connected with other stable coins that are launching in the Cosmos ecosystem. You know, from our standpoint, it's not a competitive thing. I think it's more, how do we, how do we best coordinate in a way that's, that's good for LPs and is good for the holders of the token. Um, and, and so as we figure that out, you know, we, we would certainly love to, to be connected as much as possible. How important how important is it to have stable swaps with IST if the PSM exists? I think from my standpoint, you know, the PSM is meant to be limited, right? So right now, right now, the PSM comprises 100% of the backing of IST. At some point in the future, we would expect the PSM to be a much smaller percentage and, and for vault uh, minted IST will be to be a much higher percentage or other me minting mechanisms. And so, you know, as that percentage drops, then you're far more reliant on on stable swaps and on range liquidity to be able to uh, make sure that you you stay stable. But it's, it's a good question. I mean, we already see um, traders on Osmosis starting to use IST as a as a as an asset to, you know, uh, to route into and out of, um, and, and like ARB against as well. Uh, so I think part of, part of the advantage of stable swaps is just like locality. Um, you know, you want, um, you want to make IST very accessible in, uh, the primary sources of liquidity and having accessibility of IST only be on the Agora chain is really contrary to our goals. Um, but I think well, while I disappeared for a second, um, there was a conversation probably about USK. Um, and I think the biggest, the biggest actual like main concern with that, the, the, with the pool is the DCF um, has currently been incentivizing the osmosis pool um, and, uh, and, uh, and pools on Crescent. Um, and we want to keep a, an, uh, we, we really need to think a lot about capital efficiency um, of those incentives. Um, as they are like currently the main driver of IST expansion. Uh, and I would think that, you know, my mental model of um, how USK would perform in an LP pool is that there would be more risk to the LPs and that that risk would have to be compensated with incentives. Um, and uh, DCF would have to really understand whether or not, whether or not that would be an efficient use of its, uh, of its treasury to um in, and its goals of, of expanding ist adoption so once uh once the actual cdp vaults are live for well one when are when do you when is there a timeline for when cdp vaults are going to go live and two uh what sort of assets do you imagine being used as collateral for uh in the cdps 
so the timeline is Q1. Um, more detail will happen as you know. We as the the engineering team, engineering team just got back from uh, Thanksgiving vacation and has been steadily crunching on uh, on 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 implementation and setting up tests and 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 uh, updated liquidity or updated uh, liquidation mechanisms and that sort of thing. So right now the timeline's Q1. Um, and we're, you know, and it's our highest priority. We're we're, we're very excited about it. We're also doing, you know, uh, um, some some key things for our for our validator community, like um, uh, uh, state sync. But 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 vaults is the number one thing. Um, uh, what was the second part of the question? I apologize. Uh, what sort of collateral are you going to be right. accepting? So so the key, uh, I think. Uh, uh, Zucky noted a while back, right? The key to to uh, robustness and solvency in vaults is how well you can liquidate. And so, Adam is, of course, king in the in the in in the in the Cosmos ecosystem for having venues to sell, having liquidity, having a a, a ready market as well. Osmo has been stepping that up, um, uh, and so um, so I'm excited about uh, about what will happen there. The decisions about that will largely be in the, happen in the hands of the econ committee that are doing risk models and analysis of that sort of thing to figure out for a given collateral what collateralization ratio is needed um, to be able to handle it. You know uh, what you know to handle mint limits and so forth. So so it's high, you know liquid assets th so that they can be liquidated in the event that they go down. That's the that's the critical that's the critical element. Um, and then, th then the rest will just be determined by by appetite, interest, uh, capacity, and then you know the, the 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 liquidation parameters. So Osmo is you know Osmo's always been you know number two in my head, but it won't be up to me. It'll be up to the econ committee and the community. One thing I know that is uh, that Maker also allows is they actually allow um, some Uniswap LP shares. To be used as collaterals as well. So, like you can use, um, for example, the USDC Dai LP share as collateral. <laughs> so, do you imagine that uh, at some point uh, LP shares might be? I need to not let Roland talk now. Go ahead, Zeki, if you want. To. <laughs> um, I mean, this is the entire idea of having composable minting systems, right? Um, right is like so, like. LP share based uh, minting systems are not um, are not going to be vault based. They're going to be another system because um, they're not. Usually, what you're doing is you're you're using sh liquidity shares from things that are would also be in your PSM. So it's like a third system. Um, and I think you know a very large percentage of the outstand of of die that is out, or like a very large amount of outstanding die that is out there is coming from LP shares. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, uh, what it is that we can, uh, what, you know, that would be like another interesting next uh, 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 module in the uh, uh, IST system um, to start working on after vaults are ready. <laughs> Yep. I, I, was, I was saying I couldn't let Roland talk because when that first came up, he was so excited about it. <laughs> and if he got started talking about it, we'd be, we'd talk about this a long time. No, it's, as, as Zucky said, it's got different liquidation and different liquidation opportunities. Similarly with um, uh, uh, um, liquid staking tokens, we also very much want not just Adam, but something like, you know, 
ST atom to be or Q atom to be usable as liquidity, and that has or and that that too has or usable as a as a backing asset, and that too has a different liquidation strategy than you would use for um, for just the underlying. And being able to add those and have them be robustly independent with different minting limits is actually one of the main strengths of IST, and we'll be looking forward to adding these mechanisms sort of on an ongoing basis. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, touching on what Sonny was saying, like using LPs, um, you know, to kind of work in with IST. What what games do you see potentially getting played or strategies given like uh, how Luna and UST had their, their whole ecosystem based around um, the, the minting mechanism there? Do you foresee any like unique plays that people might want to take, um, people suggesting through governance, uh, developers building on it? Well, so so... One of the key reasons to having, you know, a lot of times Agoric operates very conservatively. Um, from our perspective, the primary goal in IST is availability and robustness. This is not, you know, this, this does not have to be, um, you know, oh gosh, let's try and drive the amount of IST artificially to the moon um, or, or anything like that. It, it's all about having something that we can rely on in the economy. And so, you know, so for example, I do not anticipate BLD being an early collateral for uh, for IST, right? It 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 needs to be robust to operate the chain. It gets some some earnings from IST operating, but you do not want those entangled together. That's just a bad idea. Um, and so we have mechanisms for for being able to leverage the asset value of BLD in a way that does not make IST rely on it, but but to my mind, that's absolutely critical for having something that 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 is you know that is um, you know frankly not a Ponzi, right? <laughs> yeah, I need to get going. I have another call. All Anything right. you want to add before you leave? Nope. <laughs> this was good. Thank you, Thank you Osmosis community. Uh, Deebs, you want to drop? Yeah, we still have another 10 minutes. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, th thanks for inviting me up. Uh, I just had a quick question for the um, IST Agoric team. Uh, so I, I think we've kind of touched a lot on how, you know, incentives um, and then also like the CDP outside of the PSM will help, I guess, drive expansion of IST and usability of UST. Or sorry, UST. Oh, God. We, we've been talking about so much. Um, ISD. <laughs> yeah, ISD. Um, but my question is, can you can you touch a little bit more on, you know, on the Agoric side? And we talked about how like fees being used in IST and smart contract building, how that will kind of drive uh, the expansion as well. I'm not. Can you just repeat that part of the question? I didn't quite understand. Well, uh, so I, I read in your, you know, your white paper and it, it ah, sounded yeah. like you were alluding to it that. um you know, IST Got is it. being used as like the underlying fee mechanism for yes. for all smart contract building. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so so um, you know, architecturally, IST is the you know the 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 fee token in the Agoric system as well, um, and so the design is some small uh, uh, set of you know. There's a portion of the fees for IST, which are not, a, PSM doesn't have any fees turned on. We would expect this to show up with, with vaults. Um, but some portion of the fees for IST go into the reward pool for stakers that are operating this network and into the um, reserve for 
and for you know growing the reserve over time to support larger and larger um, you know deployment of IST. So part of the backing of IST is of course the various collaterals, but that but the reserve also provides the second layer of backing in the event of uh, of shortfall to enable you know to improve the required collateralization and capital efficiency. And so that so there so there is you know some number of basis points in fees that come off of the the interest for for minting IST um, that go to a reward pool that is distributed to the to the um, staked BLD on the Agoric system. And you know that's true for multiple market institutions in the agoric economy. At the point where we roll out a local AMM, which you know, as 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 Zucky noted, having local AMMs on every chain is really useful, even if you've got a much bigger AMM next door that you connect over IBC with, right? Um, and you know, fees from those transactions will go to the reward pool, as will you know, fees for wallets or whatever else um, is sort of core economic infrastructure. Um, the the um, current you know level of minting BLD for um, for for stakers and validators that's in this bootstrap phase while the economy gets started and we expect once a decentralized economy with core trend, core core contracts running on the Agoric chain and so forth is up and operational then fees from the economic institutions will be sufficient um, uh, uh, you know and and appropriate for um, stakers and validators, um, and and that you know that has the advantage that by design it grows with the value with the the value of the economy. So the goal of the agoric economy has always been to have the 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 um, the rewards grow with the value of the economy, so that your stake in proof of stake grows with the value of the economy, and you don't end up you know with an economy that has you know worthless staking token, but vast amounts of dollars that people are now ready to attack. Um, and so you really want you really want those to grow together, and that means tying the economic institutions to uh, to the reward structure. Yeah, the the one piece that I would add there um, is is the fact that IST will be the primary, if if not only gas token on the Agor chain, gives gives IST a source of demand that will exist and grow, which I think is was was part of the question too, right? You'll always have that as a use case for IST and a growing use case as Agoric grows. We had a community member ask, is PSM LSM? What is LSM? I don't know. I thought you would. <laughs> I, I don't know either. Uh, we did, MakerDAO has a PSM, so we didn't come up with that acronym. Um, um, it might however, be something from Liquidity, maybe? Say it again? Perhaps. Do, do they have a... a... Um, I don't know what... They have something called the stability pool, which is like a pool of assets that like uh, are used to like get first privilege access to like liquidation right. liquidations or uh, something. Mm -hmm. So it is not. It is just a simple swap or rather, you know, take your tokens, uh, contribute it to the protocol and mint IST against it one to one, um, possibly with a fee, though all the fees, as I said, are zero right now. Um, we are, you know, we will be, we, 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 we will be rolling out liquidation mechanisms that, you know, to go with vaults where one of the things they rely on is it makes it much, much easier to do liquidations if 
I, as a, as a trader, can come in, bring a bunch of USDC, get the IST that I now need to do liquidations with, um, you know, buy my Atom or Osmo or whatever it is that someone um, uh, decided to let go. Um, uh, and then, and then, you know, go off and sell it, pay off my ISD and leave, right? So having the easy ability to do liquidations in terms of IST that I got through any of the many ways that I can bring IST into the system, but do so quickly from assets on other chains is really nice. Um, but, but whether it will look like an LSM, um, that from is, is, uh, you know, the, the, the designs and the various alternatives, um, you know, that discussion will start being, uh, visible publicly in the not too distant future, so we'll get feedback and and um, uh, uh, and people can you know talk about the the various trade offs and stuff going forward. Let's say, um, is there any sort of rate limits or anything in the usage of the PSM? So one thing I'm thinking about is like let you know the PSM currently supports like multiple bridges and multiple stable coins. Let's say, you know, hope, God forbid that like one of the bridges uh, gets hacked or something. And mm -hmm. so now um, IST is only like 60% collateralized or something. Is it going to be a game of the first 60% to redeem, get their full value out and the others are screwed? Or is it, is there some sort of rate limit that makes it so then, um, you know, everyone would get 60 cents on the dollar or something? Well, I'm really excited about your rate limiting module, and I want to use it. We have minting limits where the econ committee can move quickly to prevent, you know, continuous minting and exploit over exploit over a bridge, or to prevent trading from IST into, um, you know, into you know, uh, whatever you know, whatever underlying bridged asset is a problem. Um, and most of those minting limits are there to be able to to you know minimize um, or 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 recover uh, from from those kinds of exploits. Um, so so mostly it's in minting limits, and that will be you know and that will you know and that provides sort of the baseline protection. But I am interested in adding rate limits, and those would be another parameter that we you know would that would go into being adjustable ideally by the econ committee. If it's at the cosmos level, then then it may be that we are that we would be limited in 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 how it is that we can set those. Um, uh, uh, but but that's something that that we'll need to look at. So so when is the rate limit over over IBC available? <laughs> On Monday. <laughs> Good. And what module is that a part of? <laughs> uh, you might not like this, but it is a it is written as a Cosmwasm contract that plugs into the IBC Go module. <laughs> I don't mind that. That's fine. You know, systems programming. Well, obviously, Cosmwasm is not a language. So, what language is it written? Oh, it's in Rust. Okay, that's lovely. Right. So, <laughs> so I'm I'm fine with that. You know, realize that Agoric actually, you know, Markham was at Google, and I from from outside were helping with. Early cause early Wasm architecture and infrastructure. So to the extent that Wasm has mm -hmm. the ability to integrate with an OCAP system, it's because we help drive that. Mm -hmm. um, so 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 I'm I'm especially good with governance determined Cosm Wasm extensions. Awesome. What what are some of the most exciting things being built on top of Agoric right now, other than IST for you guys? Um. So so we've got. Oh, were you, did you, were you jumping in, Roland? No. Um, I wasn't, but I can. No, no, no. I'll, 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 I'll start. So, 
Um, we have uh, five groups that that sort of announced what they were building and will be deploying on on uh, Agoric mainnet. You know, again, independent of IST. So probably the earliest one is the liquid staking approach that that Rockaway Labs is taking, where they really focus on dynamically reallocating stake to provide maximum decentralization and things and and so that'll put in a program where validators get scored um on you know having different infrastructure having different build processes being in different data centers being in different geo and and regimes you know uh, um, jurisdictions and so forth all in order to help enhance uh the the decentralization of the chain and they've got uh, an observatory for chains that will that can help you see what state various chains are in so far, and let me tell you, all of us could use some more decentralization while they also need to enhance their 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 metrics. So it's one of those things where that kind of stuff is in alpha so far, but it's got a lot of potential for really enhancing our overall, you know, the the interchain overall uh, uh, ecosystem. Um, there is uh, uh, Crya is has uh, not just NFTs but hierarchical NFTs where. I've got a gaming character and it's an NFT, but it's got equipment that I bought because I wanted to, to look a particular way or play a particular way in a game or what have you. That gives me the ability to take NFTs, combine them, and now have a larger NFT that is exactly what I wanted and sell it as opposed to just the outcome of some random, you know, random lottery. That's just a richer experience where a lot of our APIs are about building new, interesting kinds of of property, and you know, and and DeFi is just starting to scratch the surface on new, interesting kinds of property. And so they've got an example where they've got a whole beautiful gaming UI um, for buying and selling and constructing these characters. You could then plug into any gaming thing. Um, there is uh, 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 Crabble is NFT lending where it's not use the NFT as collateral. Um, but it is, it is, I'm not going to that raid or I am not going to that, that soccer game or whatever it is that might be able to leverage an NFT that I have, I will lend it to my buddy who's going to the soccer game and wants the discount on, you know, VIP parking or whatever it is that this engagement NFT might give him. And so, you know, so it's a whole infrastructure to be able to do that. And because all these components are pluggable, some of the pieces they're using are stuff that we built for vaults. Some, you know, that same NFT lending would work for this hierarchical NFT that Cryo is building. I mean, all these pieces will plug together. So we're really excited about, about these kinds of things uh, uh, rolling out. Uh, there were two others, which maybe Roland can speak to. <clears throat> um, no, I think, I think, I think uh, for now, those, those are good. Um, and I apologize, I'm gonna have to drop. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I will uh, mention uh, the two others just so we just so we know, right? There's the there's um, uh, a bunch of tools to assist startups with smart contract to help their negotiation. Um, there's a group um, working on um, uh, you know that th that worked on a compound like lending uh, infrastructure, which may or may not get picked up to to roll out um, to an application on the system. Um, there's development tools that people are building to have you know again rapid. NFT auctions and composition and breakdown and so forth. So, so those are all pieces that will that will that will produce components that other people can build their apps with. So, all right. Well, last question here. We are past the hour. Uh, yeah. Kind of top off on Sunny's question and everything you just talked about. When do you foresee in a timeline uh, all of these things kind of coming to fruition and having this like thriving ecosystem? Um, 
well, I mean, in some sense, it's already started. So I expect some really awesome stuff, you know, coming out in, in 2023 as all these pieces start to work together. We will certainly be having, you know, apps launching on Agoric, you know, buying and selling things in terms of using IST. We will have, you know, dApps launching on other platforms in 2023, buying and selling things with IST. So, um, so you know, the IST ecosystem will be growing. Um, the Agoric ecosystem will be launching next year, or rather, you know, the these these applications that are just, you know, nothing to do with IST. They're just applications for mainstream uh, 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 customers running on running on Agora. So, so you know, it's busy. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thanks for uh, coming on and speaking. Looking forward to seeing you again. Thanks all. Thank you for having us. All right, everyone. Uh, that is all for today. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Osmosis, Updates from the Lab, recorded on Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now with Spark IBC enabled. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions. Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing. All aggressive, insane from all directions. Smoke blows in when I start a session. Blink canvas, blaze up the handlers. Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck. Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush. Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers. Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse. But in the universe, I'm just writing some words. Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs. Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up, driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling, less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble